0: Conference championship weekend coming up. Daniel, talk to me. How you feeling?
1: Yeah, I'm feeling good. There's so much to unravel. Our uh, Aus, Canada, West on OUA. There's just so much to unravel, man. It's been crazy. This is like real life February madness or March madness, whatever you want to call it.
0: We we were gonna do this episode literally two days ago, and we had to postpone. And in the last two days. Our topic list for this episode has changed completely. That just goes to show how much movement has been happening across all conferences in youth sports basketball. But we got a lot to get into. So let's get into it. What's up, everybody? My name is Deshaun Stevens.
1: It's your boy Daniel Noel.
0: And welcome to the Balling Up Podcast, the show where we talk about university basketball up here in Canada. Daniel, we got a lot to get to. Let's start off right now. AUS finals recap: both the men's and women's uh, were able to crown champions this past weekend. Let's start with the women's side. The SMU Huskies took on the Acadia Ax women with MVP Haley McDonald. Your pick? I gotta say, your pick. I couldn't. I couldn't believe Kiara didn't get it. By the way, I was very shocked by that. I was very shocked by that. But shout out to Haley McDonald. She is a goat right now in the AUS. But SMU took on Acadia. SMU defeated Acadia 68-56. to Alina McMillan had a game-high 20 points, and she was crowned tournament MVP. Daniel, walk me through your thoughts on this game.
1: Honestly, this game was one to watch. I know I was blowing up your phone every single quarter, giving you updates. But personally, this was the best women's game I've seen this year in terms of intensity. It really gave me that tournament feel, and that's why I like the AUS tournament style. You know, the fans came out on each end of the net, Yeah, SMU fans, SMU fans here, and then Acadia fans at the opposite end. But honestly, I know we talk about Alina McMillan leading the way with 20 points. She also had four threes, but the real difference maker this game was the AUS Defensive Player of the Year, Clara Gascoigne. Her defense on the AUS MVP, Haley McDonald, was a key to SMU winning this game. She held the MVP to just five points in the finals. And I feel like without her, This could be a completely different game. She was making it hard for McDonald to catch shots. She was making it hard for her to catch passes on off-ball screens. She was all over the place. And she even chimed in and had double-digit points as well, too. So that's my takeaways from that game there. But I have a question for you, Deshaun, though. After seeing this game and the way that SMU played and mentioning, though, they're playing in Halifax for the final eight, do you think SMU has a chance?
0: Win a national championship? Yes. I don't know. That's a tough question. That's a very tough question. Do they have a chance to win a national championship? In their home city. But remember now, we got other cats coming from the OUA, right? We got, you know, Carlton, Queens, right? We got some upset tour people in the, in the Canada West we're going to get to in a little bit. Maybe some Calgary in there, maybe some Alberta. When it comes to the bid, we might get some Saskatchewan. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think it's a tall task to shut down Haley McDonald and limit her to five points. I think that's an amazing accomplishment. The fact that she's, you know, a conference MVP and probably the greatest player in a U S women's basketball history, at least of the last 10 years, it goes to show you have some grit. it goes to show you have some pretty good defense players on your team. And it goes to show that you can win ball games, high stakes ball games. But when I look at who's coming over from the other conferences, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. So that's a good question, though, but I'm not sure. I don't think SMU would be the favorite to win a national championship, despite being in their home city. Let's switch things over to the men's side. The St. X-Men took on the UPEI Panthers in the AUS Men's Finals, and St. won this game 104-54. to Daniel, just give me your thoughts, man. Just give me your
1: thoughts. Listen, I was really pumped going into this game because I know that in the regular season, UPI... They beat St. FX twice, and I did think there was a chance. I honestly did think there was a chance. Now, I did think St. FX was going to win no matter what, but I, I put my faith in the MVP. Elijah Miller was my pick to win MVP, US MVP. He won MVP, and I said, you know what? He's going to come on and show out. But man, was I wrong, man. St. FX from the jump, they just gave it to them. It was really a man amongst boys game. And St. FX just kept kept pounding, kept pounding. When they're up 30, I sent you a text message that said they're up 30 and winning the game by 50. But this St. FX team, I think they put U Sports on notice, on notice, because they're coming out there with a 50-point win. They weren't ranked in the top five for a long part of the season. You and I both talked about it before, but they showed that they're 10-man deep, whether it be David Muenkat, Bennett Grumbach, Ava Nava. It doesn't matter. They have a lot of buckets. Who will give you buckets? You know what I mean. And honestly, after seeing what they did, right now they're my favorite to win it all. But I'm not gonna get too far yet. I'm not gonna get too far yet.
0: Whoa! Listen, listen. I know you spent a week in Nova Scotia, all right, for your reading week. <laughs> but you're covered off top of the show. You're telling me you think I, it seems like you might believe SMU has a chance to win the national championship on the women's side. Hold on. It seems like you might believe that. You're not in. You're shaking your head right now. But it seems like you might have a chance. There might be a chance you believe that. Now you're coming out and you're telling me you think St. FX might win a national championship. I know you spent the week out East, but damn. Okay, here's where I'm going to start. I wasn't surprised at all because what have we been saying all along, all season on this podcast? The AUS conference on the men's side belongs to St. FX. We knew from the jump. We've been saying this since November. We knew. That the top of the AUS was St. FX and everyone else, two and so forth, were miles away, right? So I was not surprised uh, to see St. FX deliver this absolute beatdown, you know? So I'm not going to come here and I'm not going to bash UPEI because, listen, they had a good season. And, you know, Elijah Miller had a great season. He actually broke the uh, UPEI record for most assists in a single season, captured his MVP. He did his thing. And you know what? They showed up in the finals. They showed up to play. But the team that they showed up to play with were just miles, miles better than them. So I wasn't surprised to see St. FX uh, win this game. And I wasn't surprised to see them win this game by a large margin. Now, if you'd asked me, would I have predicted a 50-point blowout for a championship, a conference championship? Probably not. But with how good St. FX has been all season, I would have probably said I would have expected maybe a 25-point blowout. So they shocked me by 25 more points. But I will say this. You touched on this point earlier. The way that they do the AUS championships for basketball, top tier, top tier. Uh, The broadcast is amazing, right? The atmosphere is amazing. The arenas are always full, sold out. The students show up, families show up, um, community shows out to support their teams. And the atmosphere is always amazing. So shout out to AUS basketball, uh, because a lot of people are sleeping on that product. A lot of people, again, a lot of people think just because AUS it's it's not the best but listen the way AUS does things outside of football and a lot of sports is pretty damn good let's move over to the Canada West we're going to go all the way to the west you ready for this daniel here we go we got a finals preview on the women's side we got the Alberta Pandas taking on the Calgary Dinos my goodness 4 weeks ago would you ever expected to hear me say that in the finals pandas Never. and dinos let's take a look at the paths here we go Alberta's path to the finals saw them defeat UFV in the quarterfinals and defeated Saskatchewan in the semifinals while Calgary's path to the finals saw them defeat the Winnipeg Westmen in the quarterfinals and the Regina Cougars in the semifinals two paths of absolute upsets Daniel can you just give me your thoughts first off on seeing these two teams in the finals how does this make you feel what are your thoughts
1: it was eye-opening it was eye-opening on the Alberta side this is a team that I said should have been ranked and even a few weeks ago when they got taken off the list because they got, you know, they lost to Saskatchewan, you said that you'd rather have you Fraser Valley instead of them in there. And I said, you know what? I believe that Alberta is a top 10 team. You know what? They showed up. I'm proud of them. Canada West first team all-star Emma Carey led the way. And they also have the Canada West defensive player of the year, Claire Signatovich. And they made their final after, after like knocking off two top 10 teams, one which was number 10 formerly, and Sask. And they played at Sask, which is not an easy task to do. Calgary on the other side. A bit more surprising, even though they did beat Regina and Winnipeg during the year, I don't think any, anyone thought that they were going to come out on top, especially going to Regina, beating Jade Belmore in Jade Belmore's court.
0: Yeah, to be honest with you, I think what this just goes to show is how deep the Canada West Conference is on the women's side. And we, all, we already know it's deep on the men's side too, but we got to remember it's also deep on the women's side. And I think it's something that you and I have been preaching all season, and this is just living proof of it right? I'm looking at Alberta. They've been a top 10 team for a majority of the season, but no one's really ever looked at them as a title contender, but they've been in the top 10, right? So they've been making noise all year. And then I look at Calgary. They haven't been in the top 10 all year. I mean, this is kind of like the first couple of weeks that they've been on the top 10, but because of the playoffs, right? when you look at what they've done this season, this is a team that had over 10 wins. This is a team that had double digit wins. This is a team that was in the top five when it comes to conference standings all year. So they were there all year but just no one no one really paid much attention to them because they weren't in the top 10 and they don't have the history of being one of the top teams and they're they're just they're just a team that had a good run but no one was saying this is a team that can make a run to the finals this just goes to show how deep the canada west conference is but it also goes to show how basketball significantly changes in the canada west conference once playoffs begin and you and i kind of talked about this like off camera a couple weeks ago the Canada West Conference playoffs are different because during the regular season, you normally face teams back to back on like a Friday and a Saturday. But then when you reach playoffs, you might be facing two different teams, You might be facing one team on a Friday and then another team on a Saturday. And so there's no room to adjust there. There's no room to adjust. Normally you're getting two looks at a team, but now it's like, OK, I'm, I'm going to this game. No look on this team. I, I don't know what I don't know what to expect. It's different. And then on top of that, the travel. Right. You're, you're facing a team back to back. You're staying in that city for two straight days, maybe sometimes even three. But now you got a quarterfinal game on. You got a play in game on the Friday and then you got a quarterfinal game on Saturday. You got to play your, your play in game. And if you win, but, but depending on who you're facing in that quarterfinal, you got to fly all the way there or drive all the way there to play the next day. And I think like that's the that's the difference in Canada West playoff basketball, because it gives you that professional experience, that pro experience that you don't normally get to experience as a university athlete. So really and truly, when it comes to Canada West basketball, the best teams, the teams that will really make a run to the finals and the teams that will survive this playoff system are the teams that know how to adjust quickly on the fly. Are teams that know how to, you know, be uncomfortable. are teams that thrive when being uncomfortable. Right. And you talk about Calgary, this entire this entire playoff run was done on the road, basically, right? And, you know, you go and you defeat Winnipeg Westman. Of course, you know, Keanu Giles was hurt, right? But then to go to Regina and go up against Jay Belmore, who was my pick to win MVP in the Canada West Conference and take down that team, that team that was at one point the number one team of the season for basically half the year, I mean, I think that's impressive. So it just goes to show how much depth is in this conference. And it just goes to show with Canada West basketball, playoff basketball, you get that March Madness feel. You truly never know what's going to happen on any given Friday or Saturday. So I love it.
1: And I felt bad for UFB because they had to play at home Friday night and then fly out in BC and then fly out to Alberta the next day in Edmonton and then face Alberta. And then you know, you kind of have to ask yourself, what would have happened if they had a day's rest in between? But well, we'll never know what happens. But that's the way the system is. That's life. You, gotta, you win, you lose. You live and you learn.
0: Yep. That's the way it is across the board. Everyone has to deal with those problems. You know, uh, the last question I have to ask you. So here we go. We got Alberta. We got Calgary. Canada West Women's Basketball Finals. Who you got?
1: You know, I'm rocking with Alberta. because This is a team that I said, you know, they should have been in the top 10. And, you know, I'm glad that they got to this point. They're getting their, the respect they deserve. But Calgary has some size, man. Their shortest girl on the team is 5'7", I believe. This is not a small team at all. So they're going to give this Alberta team a lot of pressure. But I still see Alberta coming on, out on top. Emma Carey, she's had a hell of a year. And they also got the defensive player of the year, a defense wins championship. So I got my money on Alberta here in this, in this battle of Alberta, actually, which is what we have to call it, you know. That's facts. It is a battle of Alberta.
0: I'm not good at geography, so I couldn't even I'd even like highlight that <laughs> until you said it. Uh, but I gotta go with Alberta. And I think the reason being is because their path to the finals was a lot harder, was a lot more challenging. Uh y- you face UFV in the quarterfinals. We talk about it all year. UFV is a team that we thought could have made a run to the finals easily. And then you come in and you uh, you know, you're able to beat the number one team in the nation in the semifinals. I think that's really impressive. Now not taking anything away from Calgary. Uh, I think to beat Winnipeg was pretty impressive, despite them not having Canada Giles. Um, but then also to beat Regina, also equally as impressive. But I just think Alberta's path to the finals was more battle-tested. And so that's why i would put my money, if I was a better, I'm not a better, but if I was, I'll put my money on Alberta to win this championship.
1: We got to shout out the, the province of Alberta, too. They, they knocked off the province of Saskatchewan, you know what I mean? In that little battle of the prairies, whatever you want to call it, between those two provinces, both teams from Alberta knocked off both teams from Saskatchewan, so shout out to them as well. I never even noticed that in the
0: semifinals. It was literally Alberta versus Saskatchewan. I, I feel bad. I never noticed these things. That's why I say I'm not good at geography. I'm directionally challenged. Trust me. If it's not Toronto, I don't know it. If it's not the streets of Toronto, I don't know. If it's not a Toronto map, I don't know it. Let's move over to the men's side. Here we go. In the finals, we have the University of Victoria Vikes, led by the newly crowned Canada West men's basketball MVP, Diego Mafia, taking on the Winnipeg Westmen? Interesting. Okay, let's get into it. UVic, they were the number two team in the conference for most of the season. Uh, they were number two team in the nation for most of the season. Not a surprise to see them in the finals. I don't think you and I are surprised to see this. I think you and I would have probably predicted this from a long time ago. But on the other side, Winnipeg, I think that's the big surprise. So Winnipeg defeated Manitoba in the semifinals to push through the finals. They defeated them 73 to 70. Daniel, I got to ask you first off, uh, does Winnipeg defeating Manitoba in the semifinals say more about Winnipeg or more about Manitoba? Because remember, there have been many questions around Manitoba all season as to whether or not this is a real team, uh, their strength of schedule. You got Manitoba basketball fans complaining about whether, why this team is not ranked higher. This was the number one team in the Canada West Conference all season, all right? So i got to ask you, does it say more about Winnipeg
1: or Manitoba? I think this game says more about Winnipeg because it showed their grit and their determination. They are ranked... Ninth, 10th throughout the year. And he even said one time, too, And Manitoba lost to Winnipeg, you're just like, where's Winnipeg now? They're, they're, they're almost irrelevant. And then playoffs start, now they're back in there. And they're also led by Sean Meriden, who was a second team Canada, Canada West All-Star as well, too. But one thing about this Manitoba team, they're young. Their best player was Simon Hildebrandt, which was, you know, Canada West Rookie of the Year. Simon uh, Mason Cruz, which is their second-year guard, was also their uh, number two option. So this is a young team now, although they went out there, I think they even overachieved, you can say that, but I think, I still think that, you know what, they're a young team and next year, that's the team to watch out for, but Winnipeg just really showed them and they did beat them in the regular season as well too. But I think it says more about Winnipeg than it does about Manitoba, because I feel like Manitoba, they're just going to go, you know, off season train. They're going to have Hildebrandt, probably going to go to the C E B L. you know train work with one of the teams and come back next year and then manitoba is a team to watch but right now i think it's all about winnipeg and we got to focus on them so
0: to your point i do agree i think this does say more about winnipeg than it does about manitoba to people out there who say that this proves that manitoba is a fluke team or a fake team fake team is the term that's being thrown around again we got to remember these are the Canada West playoffs. And if you look on the women's side, the number one team fell in the semifinals. All right. And the number two team fell in the semifinals. Okay. So we got to be, we got to be fair across the board. All right. So Manitoba fell in the semifinals. We can't be hating on them. We can't be calling them a fake team because we just know the atmosphere of Canada West basketball in the playoffs is a lot different than the regular season. I will say this. For Winnipeg, this is they're, they're entering this game with a lot of momentum right now. And they're looking to win their first conference championship in, in program history. Do I think they can beat UVic? Absolutely not. And I say this with the straightest face. I don't think they have a chance. I don't think they have a chance. The reality is this. UVic runs this conference. And I think I said this a couple of episodes ago to quote the great... Goran Dragic, when he came to Toronto, UVic has higher ambitions than a Canada West championship. They're looking for a national championship. Diego Mafia has higher ambitions than a Canada West championship. He wants to win that national championship. So really and truly, I think if you want to win a national championship, unless you're the Carlton Ravens, a good way, a good send off into the national tournament will be, would be to win your conference. All right. Carlton, remember, they didn't even play in the OUA finals last year and they ended up winning the national championship, but unless you're Carlton, you know, a good way to kind of like carry momentum into the national championship tournament is to win your conference. Right. So I see you using this game as kind of just like a send uh, to, to, you know, close a chapter under conference for the season and just enter that national championship tournament with momentum, with confidence, with swagger. I think this is UVic's game to win, but got to say, big ups to this Winnipeg team, uh, because again, this is another team that's had a quietly good season. They've had some good moments in terms of going to the top 10 and being a team that's in at number 9, number 10. There are times I didn't believe them. Clearly, they've shut me up, uh, so we got to give them their love. Shout-outs to them. Let's move over now to the OUA. In the OUA, we've got our finals preview. Let's start with the women. In the finals, we have Carlton versus Queens. Uh, This past week, Carlton defeated McMaster 69 to 55 in the semifinals to punch their ticket to the finals. And the Queens Gales defeated the Waterloo Warriors (laughs) 69 62 to punch their ticket to the conference finals. Uh, These are the top two powerhouses in the OUA. I say that we kind of maybe would have expected these two teams to meet up in the finals. I I think. It's deserving to have these two teams meet up in the finals. So I'm just going go straight to it. Daniel, who you got?
1: Before I talk about the finals preview, as you wear your Waterloo Warriors sweatshirt, can they get some respect from you now? That's all I have to ask. Can they get some respect from you now? You said, you know what? TMU deserves to be there. Where's TMU? They went home. You said Waterloo would lose in the first round. They beat Ottawa in the first round, who just came off a 50-point win against Laurentian. Ottawa's not no soft team. They've been in the top 10 all year. They went to Waterloo. Who won? Waterloo. Now, I know Waterloo didn't make the finals, but they did creep into the top 10 for the first time in program history. We are not going to sit here and not talk about Waterloo after you bashed your alma mater a few weeks ago. But moving on. Whoa, 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 whoa,
0: whoa, 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 whoa. You think you're slick. You think you're slick. Hold on. Whoa, whoa. About moving on. About moving on. You think you're slick. You think you're going to be able to make points like that and not let me get in my piece? About moving on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. First off, let's start with the facts. Let me say this. Shout outs to the Waterloo Warriors for becoming a ranked team for the first time in program history. It only took having half the league eliminated for them to be able to be put in the top 10. Let's go over the um, women's U sports rankings this week, since you want to bring up rankings. The War Warriors ranked at number eight, first time in program history. You know who else is in the top 10? The Laval, Rouget, or nine and seven. Are they a top 10 team?
1: They are not a top 10 team. Thank you very much. You, no, no, no. Too- you know who
0: else is in the top 10? The UQAM Citadens at number nine, nine and seven record. Are they a top 10 team? Nope. It took half the league, more than half the league being at home right now in their bed for the Waterloo Warriors to be nationally ranked. So you and I both know these playoff rankings, right, when they, when they bring out these, these top 10 rankings in the playoffs, you and I both know they're a little bit.
1: It's not about the top 10. It's about oh, them making the OUA semifinals. That's what it's about. Well, it so you want to back? make the OUA semifinals, the OUA women's semifinals, you're a top 10 team in the country. There's no doubt about it. If you're Hold the on. OUA final four, come on, man. I'm, I'm
0: just I'm just touching on the point that you made of having to show them love because they are now a top 10 team. So I gotta to talk to you about the realities of the top 10 when we reach this time of the year. You know Listen. the top 10 when we reach this time of the year, you know it's a little bit inaccurate. You know it's a little you are bit
1: in the Canada West or the OUA, you are a top 10 team, in my opinion. If you are a semi-finalist in the Canada West and the OUA, because those are the most two competitive conferences in Canada. They made it to the semifinal and lost uh, less by double digits to the number one team in the country. I just want you to give them a little respect. That's all I'm saying because they proved you wrong. They proved you wrong. And they still can't, they still don't get your flowers. Listen,
0: Daniel, I love the Waterloo warriors. (laughs) I love the Waterloo warriors. I think they have the best logo in the country. Listen, I love their uniforms. I love their court. I love everything
1: about that program. But, I mean, is Ottawa really that good anymore? They were just coming off a 50-point win. I guess. I, I get it. It's Laurentian. I get it. It's Laurentian. A 50-point win against Laurentian. I get, it. I get it. But the thing is, it's the playoffs. There's no excuse. We're not going to be like, if you're in the playoffs, Ottawa never left the top 10 rankings this year. They never left the top 10 rankings this year. There were times where they should have. They were number one. They were number one in the nation at one point. Ottawa GGs, I mean, yeah. women's basketball. And they beat them. All right? That's all I'm saying. Listen, I I'm saying they're the best team in the OUA, but to lose by less than 10 points to the number one team in the country in Queens' Gales, and then to beat the former number one Ottawa GGs, that says something. They're building something over there in Waterloo. I like it. I gave them respect. I said they should have been ranked over TMU. TMU got bounced by Carlton. They didn't make it to the – you know, semifinals, but Waterloo did.
0: Well, Well, TMU had the tougher semifinal opponent or the tougher quarterfinal opponents. They did. They faced the Carlton Ravens, who are now on route to go to the conference finals, who are getting ready to go to a national championship.
1: I'm hearing a lot of excuses, but not enough love, bro.
0: Listen, again, I love Waterloo. <laughs> I'm just speaking facts. And also, you talk about Waterloo building towards something. I'm pretty sure most of their starters are graduated after this year. So whatever they built... This might have been the peak. This might, this, this really might be it. This really might be it. No, seriously, this might be it. I hope it's not as bad as Waterloo men's football because Waterloo men's football, once, once all those cats retired and graduated, Waterloo men's football went right back to the bottom of the country. I pray it doesn't happen to Waterloo women's because what they got going on over there is special. But you didn't ask my question, who you got?
1: I told you in the last episode, Queens Gales to win it all. I'm sticking with my gut here. Queens Gales to win it all. I believe they're the number one country going into this. And I still believe it now. And they proved it along the way, only losing one game the whole season. Now, they did lose to the Carlton Ravens. They did get a pretty bad beatdown. But I think now this game is at Queens. It's at home. The fans are going to be out there on Saturday. I don't see a way Queens loses this game. But who knows? Caddy Parker might show me and win this game at all for the Ravens.
0: I'm truly going to go with Carlton. I'm going to go with Carlton on this one. Uh, The reason why is because I think they're battle-tested. I talked to you on the last episode about Queens never before facing adversity, knowing what it's like uh, to really lose, right, in a close game. Uh, You talked about them getting doubled, right? Who did they get doubled by?
1: Carlton Ravens.
0: There you go. So um, Carlton has their number. Uh, I'm going to go with Carlton to win the OUA Championship on the women's side. All right, let's switch over now to the men's side to close things out for the OUA because we got Carlton versus Ottawa. It seems like a Capitol Hoops classic rematch once again in the finals. When it came to the semifinals, Carlton defeated Queens 93 to 86 in a hardwood classic. Both teams combined for 56 points in the final quarter. Uh, Ottawa defeated Windsor 79-74 in again, another hardwood classic. That was capped off by Kevin O'Toole's steal and slam to seal the deal. The only question I have to ask you, Daniel, I'm going to sound like a broken record, but who do you got in this game?
1: I have Carlton, man. I have Carlton. I think there's no way we look at defending national champions and, you know, doubt them. And they're also going to be playing at home. And I get it. It's in the same city. But those Carlton fans just hit a little different. I don't know. And I honestly, throughout the season, I thought Ottawa could get one win against Carlton. But I think it's a little brother, big brother thing. You know what? Ottawa will always be that number two until they win an OU championship or win a national championship. And they haven't proven to, the, to U Sports that they can do it yet. And right now, it's just that little brother, big brother thing. And I think Carlton is going to come up on top, especially with the way Grant Shepard and Aiden Warholz have been playing this past month. I'm right with
0: you on that one. Aiden Warholtz and Grant Shepard have arrived. Finally, the Grant Shepard that we're seeing right now is the Grand shepherd that CEBL teams have been drawn for for the last two seasons. That Team Canada has been drawn for to represent this country. That's the Grand shepherd that we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks. The Aiden Warhol's that we've been seeing over the last couple of weeks is one of the best shooters in the country right now. Is deadly from three. And you just see a different vibe in this team ever since they dropped those two games back-to-back uh, U of t and TMU. Carlton has been on a different wave. They've been on a different wave. They've been battle-tested. I use this word a lot, battle-tested. I, you look at the story, when you look back on the story of the 2022-2023 Carlton Ravens, you're going to see a lot of ups and downs. You're going to see a lot of ups because they had their great moments. You're going to see things get stagnant because they had a series of games that they almost lost to like some of the lower-tier t- teams. You're going to see a down period where they lost two straight games in Toronto To two teams that had no business beating them. And then you're going to see a rise back up where they started to really come back, find themselves for a little bit after they lost their identity, push through to the playoffs and make a run to the finals. This team has been through everything you could think of this season. They've won games by large margins. They've won games by close margins. They've lost games by large margins. They've lost games by close margins. I think when you look at the Carlton Ravens, uh, the experience that they've had this season is undefeated. And that's why I think this team is not only well-equipped equip, to win an OUA championship right now. They're well-equipped to win a national championship right now. I think they're the most well-equipped team to win a national championship right now. I think Carlton's going to win this game. I agree with you when you say it's big brother, little brother. Carlton is the big brother. In fact, Carlton is the big brother that's older by like 20 years. Whereas Ottawa's the little brother. The little brother who's in their teens, trying to come up right now, make their way. You know there's potential there, but they're just not there yet. Um, so I got Carlton winning this game. I think it's going to be a close game. I think Otto's going to give them a a, a, a huge run for their money. I think Kevin 0 is going to have one of his best performances. I think G, uh, jean Pepin is going to have one of his best performances. But I think at the end of the day, Carlton is going to come away with this win. Grant Shepard's going to play well. I think he's going to put up 20-plus. Aiden Warnholz is, is going to hit big shots down the stretch. And I think
1: we're going to see Carlton Ravens winning the OUA Championship. Two, with his Carlton team, it's like, it's Grant Shepard, it's Aiden Warnholz. But then you also have Conor Reekin, who will come in and hit his two threes. And cotton off the bench. He's been a huge X-factor as well, too. So when you have Grant Shepard, who last night, who he had 22 points, 10 rebounds. Warren Holt, 23 points, 11 assists. And then you add in a guy like Ocado off the bench, who can give you 17, and Vreek, who could give you, you know, 8 to 12 points. This is a complete team. And it's going to be hard for Ottawa. Now, I don't think it's impossible for Ottawa because, remember, episode one, I said the Ottawa GGs. That's my pop prediction Prediction to win the OUA. They're in a position to win it right now, but I still see Carlton coming out on top.
0: I agree. The depth on that Carlton team is pretty elite. A lot of guys who are coming off the bench on that team who could be starting at a lot of OUA schools right now. So they have elite depth. All right, Daniel, to close out this episode, I got a couple shout outs I want to give. Just three shout-outs. First shout-outs, X-Men who just won their first AUS championship in 17 years. That's big. Second shout out to the Winnipeg Westman men's basketball team, because by beating Manitoba and securing their spot in the Canada West finals, they'll be heading to the national championship tournament for the first time since 1994. Daniel, how old were you in 1994? I wasn't even a thought back then. It was not even a thought. Exactly. And neither was I. I wasn't even a thought back then either. And then the final shout out, shout outs to the Carlton Ravens men's team who will be heading to nationals for the 20th consecutive season. 20 years of dominance from this program. That's unheard of. And I think we got to give Carlton their flowers because the reality is, and we're not just saying this because we're university basketball enthusiasts in Canada. We're saying this because it's facts. The Carlton Ravens men's basketball team very well might be the greatest dynasty in the history of North American collegiate basketball. That's just facts. There is no dynasty in North American basketball. I don't care. You want to talk about youth sports. You want to talk about NCAA and NAIA, whatever it might be. There is no school that has had a better run at the top than the Carlton Ravens. And yes, that includes the Duke Blue Devils, the North Carolina Tar Heels, you name it. Carlton is the most decorated university basketball program in North America. So shout outs to them. Daniel, before we wrap up, what are some key games you're looking forward to this weekend? I know there's literally only a handful of games that are happening. Okay. But give me, but give me the game that you're looking forward to the most when it comes to the actual conference finals, um, when it comes to Canada West, uh,
1: OUA, or even if you want to talk about the RCQ. I think this weekend, I'm more so looking at not games, but to see who's going to get that at large berth. Now, for those who are listening out there who don't understand how the U-Sports Final 8 works, there's two bids for the OUA, two bids for the Canada West, one for the RESEQ and the AUS, and then one bid for the host. So, for the at-large berth, it's based on a statistical category called the RPI. So, that's based on strength of schedule and how well your opponents were, and there's also the SRS, which is point difference in games and how much a team dominated. So... The teams that are looking on the outside looking in right now for on the men's side would be Manitoba, Queens, Brock Badgers. Those are teams that are looking to get that at-large berth. On the women's side now, there's even more controversy with Acadia could get that eight-seed bid. USAS could get that eight-seed bid or Regina could get that eight-seed bid. I'm looking forward to Sunday afternoon when seeing when who's going to be that number eight team to make it into the at-large berth, especially on the women's side. Because I believe if Regina or Sass gets it, that we could see a team like that going into the final and winning it, just like how last year Carlton didn't automatically qualify, but they still won the national championship. So I think we could be seeing a little deja vu here in the next upcoming weeks.
0: I think it's important that you explain that to the listeners because the reality is U sports themselves doesn't actually explain how the seeding works. And I think a lot of people might get confused and they might think that Oh, the, the top 10 determines uh, who makes it to the national championship tournament. Or they might think that every champion and runner up from each conference, you know, automatically gets pushed through to the national tournament. Like, no, uh, a part of this is determined by things such as strength of schedule, um, you know, such as records, such as RPI, all those things. And so I, I think it's important that listeners know that and know that teams such as Regina, Saskatchewan, Brock, Teams who are not playing right now and haven't been playing for like the last two weeks might actually have a chance to now pop up in a national championship tournament. So I think it's important that fans know that. Uh so you know, conclude things like, is it the best way to determine the final eight playing for the national championship? I mean, you know, some of the older heads might say yes. Some of the younger generation, like ourselves, might say no. But the fact of the matter is that's just how we do it right now. And so I think it's important that, you know, our audience understands that and basketball fans understand that because it'll clear up a lot of confusion. That's a wrap. If you made this far, big ups to you. This podcast is available on Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. This is Deshaun Stevens, Daniel Noel, signing off from the latest episode of the and Up podcast. Peace and blessings always.